F the NFL. Yeah, totally. F the NFL. They're exploitive. They're anti-American. They're a thousand percent woke. They barely even show the national anthem anymore. It's too touchy. And for entertainment, this Super Bowl, who do we have? Snoop Dogg and his friend, Dr. Dre, two guys who really love the slogan, F the police. Yeah, F the police. At this moment, these guys, one who helped coin the phrase, the other who sings it all the time, F the police. Now, first, congratulations to the Rams and to the uh, Bengals. Good for you guys. But in the meantime, this whole display is disgusting and it's beneath our country. You can't trust these police. So, again, they've ruined the game. They've ruined the game. I can't watch. Not with Snoop Dogg and his boys doing their disgusting nonsense. Now, he's kind of gone mainstream, sure. He hangs out with Martha Stewart and all that stuff. And maybe some have forgotten who this guy is, where he comes from, what he said in the past, and what his songs stand for. Violence, misogyny, there's really, really bad stuff in here. Uh, For instance, all you N-words out there, take your guns that you using to shoot each other and start shooting these blank, 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 MFing police. That'll impress a MFer like me. Okay, Snoop, gotcha. And here's more. Dipping through the city with a Glock in a Range Rove. If you sleeping, probably not with the same hoe. I won't continue, all right? You get the idea. These are horrible, horrible words. Next, just to give you an idea and me a refresher. uh, Oh, yes, of course. F the police. F the police. Dr. Dre made it famous. Uh, Snoop there covered it. This is uh, somehow cool. This is somehow fun. This is somehow woke. Now, it's ludicrous that these guys, the whole country, the whole planet will be watching them and their friends perform at the Super Bowl halftime show. Quick reminder, less than a week ago, two cops were shot in New York City. Uh, Officer Rivera, just 22 years old. Officer Mora, we haven't even had his funeral yet, 27 years old. You see the funeral on Friday? Uh, This was amazing. And I think this was kind of a, a silent protest by all these officers who are fed up with the horrible language and treatment of them for years now, years. But policing is not a money-making enterprise. So it's not that cool. It's not that culturally relevant in this sick moment. What is? Well, the NFL. They make a lot of money, and uh, they're kind of untouchable in a way. Some of them. You get on their wrong side. I'm talking about a lot of the players. And also, that rotten rotten commissioner. It has been a difficult time for our country, in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. He simply didn't know what the hell he was talking about, all right? He's a football guy, and he's talking about systemic racism. Even the use of the phrase is troublesome. 
It really is. And at that vulnerable moment, he helped poison the waters. There was more. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much needed change in this country. Without black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. Wow, this is textbook, textbook virtue signaling. He will personally protest a century, centuries of silence directed at players. And uh, this is, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And if he really cared, and if he just didn't want to save his status, uh, he wouldn't be inviting Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg to the Super Bowl. You know what they stand for? Weed and misogyny and uh, anti-cop rhetoric and maybe anti-cop actions. But Roger Goodell and the NFL in general, I guess, they just want to appease the mob right now. And how do you do that? Maybe hold a couple of white guys out as examples, like that Coach Gruden uh, from the Vegas Raiders. Remember that? They went through his emails and found out that he may have used an unfortunate word 10 years ago in an email about Roger Goodell, and they fire him? This is crazy stuff. They're about to have a couple of guys who love to say the N-word in public, on stage, for a living. Culture really isn't a bad place, and, and, and it trickles down. Everyday folks are picking up on all of these cues from pop performers like those guys and the woke mob, and some of them are just acting out I think they've actually been encouraged to say and do things like this. This is a teacher, and these three people, ordinary people, all got themselves in big trouble. Um, but you know what? In a weird way, they're going with the flow. One is a teacher from Brooklyn, and when you saw the, the big funeral the other day, all those cops, this guy thought, hey, ideal conditions for reciprocity. What he was getting at is somebody should take a car and drive through that great big crowd of police. Another woman was upset that she had to, I don't know, walk around the block. She was inconvenienced by the funeral. And then she said some horrible things about the deceased officer. We do not need to shut down most of lower Manhattan because one cop died for probably doing his job incorrectly. They kill people who are under 22 every single day for no good reason. And we don't shut down the city for them. She's wrong on every score, every count there. They don't shoot people every day. Actually, shooting civilians is a fairly rare occurrence. You can thank the mainstream woke media, politically motivated, who exaggerate it beyond all proportion. And then finally, this is possibly the most sinister and strange and illegal of everything you've just seen. Bro, but if I'd have known about that mother funeral, I would have that up, bro, all the way. 100% out of that up, bro. I'm telling you, you know how to around that corner, no cops. Oh my goodness, sir. I can't wait. I'm looking for the next cop funeral. I'm going to it up, bro. Now, I think this guy's reprehensible, and the same goes for the other two. 
but they're, they're taking the cues from media, from society. Uh, I can't put it all on them. They didn't invent this, okay? They've been just taking it all in from the lyrics to the news, and this is what results. And that is hostility toward cops and brings me back to the NFL. It doesn't have to be like this, okay? It doesn't have to be this crass and vulgar display. At one point, not that long ago, 1990, do you know what the theme of the Super Bowl was? Peanuts, like Charlie Brown and Linus and Snoopy. It was their 40th anniversary in 1990. Look at how they entertained the world back then. Granted, the music was a little bit lame, but this, there's got to be a happy median, right? Something between this and Snoop Dogg. I mean, look at it. Now we've got, we had Snoopy. Now we have the depraved, perverted Snoopy. Shouldn't be like this. Uh, I hope the NFL will rethink their decision. Still time to make a change. Stay with us. Dinesh D'Souza has a new film about the 20. 20 election, raising grave concerns about the fairness of what happened. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And the fake news, they say everything was totally fine with the 2020 election and any concerns about voter fraud or any kind of shenanigans are baseless. They're not. We have genuine concerns about the fairness of that election, and it's okay to talk about them. And wow, Dinesh D'Souza, thank you. Looks like he's put together an amazing film. It's called 2,000 Mules, and it's about the election and what may have gone wrong in a very big way. We've got the trailer all queued up. It looks great. It comes out this spring. Let's take a look. The 2020 election was the most secure in U.S. history. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. They lost a fair and secure election. The most secure election in American history. Really? All those of you who volunteered and worked the polls, we deserve a special thanks from the entire nation. This one mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. He's not alone. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple pallet drops. Leaving no fingerprints. Snapping photos to get paid. A coordinated ring of illegal vote harvesting in all the key states where the election was decided. They delivered us a clear victory. Game over.
I want to see it. Haven't seen a trailer, a movie trailer. You know, you used to go to the movies and you see the coming attractions. That was good. Can't wait. Dinesh D'Souza will be on our show most likely later this week. In the meantime, did you see the Trump rally on Saturday night? Newsmax carried the whole thing live. I was watching. I was watching live and uh, I thought it was great. There was a momentum and intensity. Um, I thought it was fantastic. And now some people I've spoken to, some people I know, like, respect, love, they said, well, it wasn't as funny as last time. Eh, it's getting boring. Oh, I've seen this speech before. You know, the fact that he can be entertaining, that's like a fringe benefit. The issues are not necessarily supposed to be fun and games. Uh, our security, our economy. I just thought, it was good stuff. Don't let the mainstream media tell you what happened. You should go back and take a look at it yourself. But we pulled some clips together. I thought this uh, this gets things started off right. And we all got screwed together. But you know what? We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. North Korea is testing at a level like never before. The way they withdrew from Afghanistan was catastrophic and Image changing for the United States of America, image changing. That did so much to hurt our country. That was a moment that was so embarrassing and so horrible. And Joe Biden's weakness and incompetence is creating a very real risk of World War III. Look at what's going on. This would have never happened with us. Never even, it was never even a thought. How can you dispute that? What Democrat is going to come up and say, uh, oh, Afghanistan wasn't that bad. Nobody really noticed. Uh, no, that's uh, that's indisputable. More. With Biden and the radical left, it's always America last. And that's what they do. You look at these horrible deals they make throughout the world. It's always America last. Everyone in Washington is obsessing over how to protect Ukraine's border. But the most important border in the world right now for us is not Ukraine's border, it's America's border, and we do nothing about it. But let people come in, and we have no idea who they are. The first duty of the American president is to defend the American border. Before our leaders talk about invasions of other countries, they need to stop the invasion of this country. Makes a lot of sense. I actually think this is a unifying message. Now, of course, the fake news, which did not cover this in any seriousness, they didn't take it live, and all of their coverage was skewed the next day like this. Oh, it shows why he's so, so dangerous. And listen to some of the commentators and some of the swamp people. I think that was outrageous. I mean, there, uh, it, uh, it just is simply outrageous uh, for him to say that and do that. I think it's inappropriate. I, I don't want to reinforce that defiling the Capitol was okay. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything that would make this more likely in the future. And I want to deter people who did what the, on yes. January the 6th. And those who did it, I hope they go to jail and get the book thrown at them because they deserve it. You know, I would usually give Lindsay the benefit of the doubt, but boy, oh boy, swamp guy, huh? So uh, here's what got them all upset. President Trump on Saturday night. If I run and if I win, 
We will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. Yeah, I don't think you can argue with that either. And unfairly, by the way, why would the swamp, if they're being treated unfairly, and I think that's obvious. How about the horns guy? He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. And he's in jail now for, what, four years? And he was in solitary confinement for a while. How about Big O? Big O's the guy. Uh, yeah, he put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Now, you could say, well, I mean, he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Well, if the January 6th committee were honest, if the media were honest, they would show you clips like these. When cops on Capitol Hill just let people inside. This is part of the story. The mainstream media doesn't want to acknowledge it, but there they are, just standing there as people come inside. How about that little cop who aggressively waved people, step right up, come on in. Yeah, the Capitol's that way, run up the steps. And just before Ashley Babbitt was killed, uh, we need to know what happened here. You've Hopefully you've seen this before, but maybe not. Uh, these three officers, for some reason, decide to take a coffee break. One, two, three. They point to somebody. I don't know. Is there food over there or whatever? But there they go. And then all hell starts breaking loose. And about 30 seconds, Ashley Babbitt is going to be shot. This has to be, we need justice. We need justice here. And uh, again, I think, uh, I think Lieutenant Byrd is the person who probably needs to be arrested and charged. A couple of household items from a Saturday night. Uh, when President Trump acknowledges politicians, he does it in a very professional, expert way, actually. Take a look. We have a lot of congressmen, warriors with us. So congressmen and Representatives, just great people. We'll start. Brian Babin. Where's Brian? Brian. Thank you, Brian. Judge Mark Keogh. Judge. Thank you, Mark. Gonzalez Mayor Connie Kassir. Connie Kassir. Thank you. Thanks, Connie. We're also joined by one of the greatest pitchers, easily one of the greatest pitchers in baseball history. Roger Clemens with his incredible wife, Debbie. Roger, where's Roger? Look at him. Thank you, Debbie. I tell you what, that's harder than it looks. It also shows that he's got great staff work. All those little details and the pronunciation, he always gets it. You've seen Joe Biden try this, right? It's, uh, it's not good. And it's great to be uh, to be with your with members of Congress here, Maggie Hassan, Senator Jeannie Shaheen, Representative Amy Custer, uh, Annie Custer. I want to thank uh, uh, and recognize a guy that uh, I can't believe all he's done, Dr. John John King King Song King Gus Song. I apologize. I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him General, but my. My, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done. I can't uh, think of anyone better to lead this operation than, than uh, uh, Deanne uh, uh, 
Criswell of, uh, of FEMA. Weak president, weak country. It has a real effect. It's pathetic. Hey, you know what's going on in Canada, right? Uh, with the convoy, President Trump sure does. There are far more of us than there are of them. It's true. The Canadian truckers, you've been reading about it, who are resisting bravely these lawless mandates are doing more to defend American freedom than our own leaders by far. And we want those great Canadian truckers to know that we are with them all the way. They are. They've really shown something. They have, and they've inspired a lot of people in this country. Now, take a look. It's uh, it's pretty awesome what's happening there. They don't like the mandates, and they're saying enough is enough. Now, some of these guys have uh, have been vaccinated, but they don't like the mandates, and they don't like the paperwork, and they don't like their jobs being made harder, and good for them. Now, their prime minister, by the way, Trudeau, doesn't like them, seems to have disdain for them. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect, uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers. He threw some lies in there and then some condescension. And overall, he would be very, very much at home at Nancy Pelosi's house in San Francisco. This is as liberal as you get. Uh, what's happening in Canada is absolutely beautiful. Look at these images. These aren't violent. Uh, these aren't uh, bigoted. These are great patriots uh, who believe in freedom and good for them. Good for them. I hear a lot of similar activity will be happening in America very soon. Finally, have you heard about Joe Rogan? He's that podcaster. He interviews people for like four hours. Uh, it's pretty good. So uh, Joe has some ideas about the vaccine. He likes to talk to all kinds of people. And you know they're trying to cancel him for a couple of reasons. Number one, some of the other artists like Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, they're jealous. They are very jealous. Uh, uh, Joe Rogan signed a deal worth like $100 million. So they want to get him deplatformed because He's not on message about the vaccine, and they're also very, very jealous. Uh, and that goes for artists who are on Spotify and just random journalists who show up as talking heads, like on CNN. Here's people who, you know, they like something that we, you know, who consider ourselves more enlightened, don't think is good for them. Um, you know, we think that they're internalizing this misinformation, that they're using it to make bad decisions. Um, but if you took away Joe Rogan by deplatforming him, just as if you, you know, took away Doritos, would, would they seek out better information? Would they seek out, you know, like a podcast like New York Times The Daily? Or, you know, would they start reading The Wall Street Journal? I don't know. I, I think that that's sort of the fundamental question here. Seek out better information like New York Times, The Daily Podcast, which is about as liberal and woke as you can get. She is going, she's enlightened. Did you notice that? What gives her expertise? What? What? What is it? She lives in New York. She lives in Brooklyn. She wrote a comic book with Stan Lee. No kidding. She wrote a comic book with Stan Lee. And she's going to tell us how to live our lives and what information. It's, it's really crazy.
It's kind of funny, too. They're not going to win. All right, coming up, Joe Biden has a new cat. Of course, they got caught in all kinds of lies about the cat. May not be that important, but when you lie about a cat, of course, you'll lie about the big things, too. We'll be right back. Okay, so Joe Biden and uh, his wife there, the first lady, they have a new cat. So what? So what? So what? Well, they can even screw up getting a cat. Okay, even getting a cat uh, reveals their trickery and their lies. I'm not kidding. Now, take a look at the tweet. Uh, They are very happy. Meet Willow. Okay, Willow is a nice cat. And Willow is named uh, something to do with Jill's hometown. Listen to this. Two-year-old Willow is named after First Lady Jill Biden's hometown of Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. A two-year-old short-haired tabby named for the First Lady's hometown of Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. She's named for the First Lady's hometown of Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. So I guess I'm the only one who remembers that Joe Biden throughout the campaign was bragging that his wife was from Philadelphia. That's not Willow Grove. Um, Like as if being from Philadelphia was something special. Uh, Yeah, he was pushing this all the time on the national stage. We all saw it. Our next questioner is uh, Leah Connolly, a Democrat from Philadelphia. She's a program coordinator and museum educator. Leah? Philly girl. I married a Philly girl. Philly girls are the best. All right. Uh, It's not true. It sounded nice in the moment. And that's what Joe does a lot because it sounds nice. Situational ethics, maybe. Willow Grove is a suburb of Philadelphia. It's uh, 26 miles away. Uh, That would not be Philadelphia. Now, I know what this can be like. I grew up in the suburbs of New York City. All right. Long Island, a place called Garden City. Actually, Joe Biden lived there for about uh, a couple of months. If I were to go around calling myself a Brooklyn boy, because everybody's heard of Brooklyn. Not many people have heard of Garden City. I would get political cred for that somehow. Maybe that would be Joe's thinking if he were advising me. This doesn't add up. Now, I know it's a small thing, but all of these small lies, I think they add up. And it shows a willingness to lie about the big things. Now, here's something medium, okay? He's gotten a lot of political play for being arrested as some sort of civil rights um, crusader. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested anyway. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador. Guy grabbed me by the shoulder, said, you're under arrest. Under, he, he tells this story all the time, various stories about him being arrested. Uh, we counted them. There are at least <laughs> his criminal record. Uh, he's got four arrests. I, I, I don't know if you can get a security clearance if you've been arrested four times. The thing is, Joe likes the idea of saying he was arrested, but he wasn't arrested, not even once. Every time he talks to a cop, he exaggerates it into... Because at about the 134th ranked person politically in the Department of Homeland Security. He has none, but uh, this is arguably, I would call it, stolen valor. You have great personal courage. I've been with some of you when we've been shot at. Uh, He's never been shot at. He wasn't in war. He wasn't in the military. And even on these little congressional delegation trips, he gets caught in this lie all the time. And then he has to fess up. It happens every now and then. Take a look. Uh, no one got up and ran from the room. It wasn't that kind of a thing. I was near 
where a shot landed. I was near where a shot landed. Basically, anybody who's ever been to Jordan, Iraq, Israel can say something like this, okay? It's just, he wasn't shot at. That's a big difference. Of course, he does lie about the big things as well. So no no one told, your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. Oh, he even stumbled over that a little bit. Everybody was telling him that. Everybody was telling him that, and we know it. And here he is uh, talking to the Afghan president before he had to flee, telling him he needs to lie. I need not tell you the perception that things aren't going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban, and there's a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. You can lie about a cat, you can lie about a war. Uh, it's important to tell the truth. It really is. Uh, this. Remember the laptop from hell when they found it? What did they say? The Russians did it. Oh, the Russians did it. Remember that? That turned out to be, like everything else, totally false. Can you imagine when he realized that his laptop from hell was missing? And that they found it. But the fake news didn't even want a great book on that was done. The fake news didn't even want to talk about it. Why wouldn't they talk about it? They had no serious questions or no serious reason to question its validity. Joe Biden was clearly lying. Um, and this exists. This is an audio record of Joe Biden pressuring the president of Ukraine to fire the prosecutor at the same time his son is working for Burisma. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him no, it was the day before yesterday. I especially asked him to resign. In, uh, as a, his uh, position as a state person. And despite of the fact that he has a support in the power. And as a finish of my meeting with him, he promised me to give me the statement on, on resignation. And one hour ago, he bring me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. You hear the relief in Joe Biden's voice back then he was vice president. Why was he so relieved? I'd love to ask Joe Biden, how many prosecutors in the world were you looking to get fired? Just this one. And he was investigating the son, the company where your son was working. It's crazy stuff. And the media pretends it didn't happen. And the media still pretend that uh, Hunter Biden is an upstanding citizen. Now we know for sure that he was subpoenaed all the way back in 2019. Now, why was this covered up, hmm? Why would the Justice Department go out of their way to keep this quiet? It looks like they did. 
Hunter Biden, uh, the brother, James Biden, mentioned in a very serious subpoena, and we didn't know about it. I think we all needed to know about that. They talk about the swamp, huh? The swamp is real. They covered it up. I don't think they're going to get away with this for much longer. No. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia, superstar in Congress, joins us next. And if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. This hasn't happened to all of the other atrocities. I thought that was great. Pardons for some of these folks who didn't hurt anyone, who didn't break anything. We'd like to bring in Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia. Welcome back to the show. How are you, Congresswoman? I'm doing great, Greg. And that was music to my ears. And President Trump is so right. They are being treated unfairly. And that's why I was so angry at Lindsey Graham for what he said. I mean, completely ignoring that due process is being violated, completely ignoring the two-tiered justice system in America, the fact that Antifa, BLM rioters, all of their charges have been dropped, virtually all of them, but yet January 6th defendants pre-trial are rotting away in prison and being treated so horribly. And I saw it with my own eyes. And so I'm so grateful for President Trump for having the courage to come out and say what most Republicans are failing to say And even most Republicans are just willing to ignore the injustice happening in America today with these people. You know, if you listen to what President Trump said, how can you really dispute it? He says a pardon will be necessary if they're being treated unfairly and some are being treated unfairly. Lindsey Graham, we played Mm -hmm. sound from him earlier. It is pretty wild how Republicans get outflanked on this. You read if somebody mentions in the swamp January 6th, it makes most Republicans run for cover, and it shouldn't. No, absolutely it shouldn't. No one agrees with the riot that happened at the Capitol, and that's not what I'm talking about, and that's not what people that are talking about the injustice that's happening. What we're talking about is the fact that Americans have due process rights, and in America, you're supposed to be presumed innocent until proven guilty. Well, everyone seems to ignore that. and They just tuck their tail and run away when it comes to these pre-trial January 6th defendants. But that's not what I've done. I've produced a report. It's on green.house.gov. Anyone can go to my website, my congressional website, and read the report, Unusually Cruel, about what is happening to these people in the D.C. jail. And this is why uh, most Americans, uh, patriots all over the country, Republican voters are very happy with what President Trump said when he wants to make sure that they're treated fairly. And in some cases, if they're not treated fairly, then that would be the case to, you know, to really look further into their situation. So thank you to President Trump for having that courage and bravery. When people like Lindsey Graham are just running away and acting like Nancy Pelosi, acting like the rest of the Democrats in the January 6th committee. 
Yeah, they, they seem to say it like they want they curry favor with the swamp by saying what the swamp wants to hear and not talking about the real issues that you've been pointing out. By the way, it's called Unusually Cruel, your report, and it's on your website, correct? Yes, green.house.gov. Green has an E on the end, so green.house.gov. I want everyone to read it. My staff worked hard on it. It tells everything that we saw in the D.C. jail. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Listen, I'd like to ask you about the border. Maybe you've seen this video. Uh, It looks like rank-and-file troops getting pretty upset with one of the higher-level supervisors at uh, Customs and Border Patrol. They all seem like they're handcuffed, and they're calling out their boss and asking for answers. Take a look. For, for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Now, I can't hear that. For evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That's exactly what's happening here. Good men are doing nothing. You're allowing the legal aid to be dropped off communities. You are doing something. No, sir, we're not. You are. No, You're rescuing people every day. You're taking fentanyl off the streets every day. You're taking men that fed on the streets. Yes, the 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 street every day. the fentanyl death in the history of our country in one year. Wow. I mean, uh, (laughs) the swamp, you know, there's some really good people, rank and file people who are being, I think, uh, told to look the other way by the swamp. Oh, yeah, they're being told to look the other way. They're told to lie, basically. You know, in our country, we only have 19,000 Border Patrol agents. Just to give you perspective, New York City has 35,000 police officers. Sadly, they have a few less because of the horrific crime and police officers being killed on the streets. But that guy right there, he's calling out his superior and he's saying we are unable to do anything. We're unable to do our jobs because the federal government has our hands tied behind our back. The Joe Biden administration and Kamala Harris, the so-called borders are, there's nothing about the borders. As a matter of fact, they're flying illegal aliens all across America in the dark of night and the American taxpayers are paying for it. And we are fed up with it. Absolutely fed up. That's why I introduced articles of impeachment on Joe Biden, because he's failing America at the border and he should be impeached for this. It it is a complete crime what is happening at our border. We are not a nation without secure borders. And these Border Patrol agents are risking their lives and no placed. When I was about 42, I got diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis and everything kind of ground ground to a stop. I had to relearn it. I don't know, but uh, I just think, once again, you are slightly ahead of your time. <laughs> Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, thank you again to be continued. All the best. All right. Yes. Thank you, Greg. Have a good night. You bet. Good night. Good night. Hey, when we come back, Dr. Oz will be here. He, I believe, is the true outsider candidate in Pennsylvania. He's running for the United States Senate. Be right back with Dr. Ross. Please welcome Dr. Oz. was telling people about his platform and why he's running for Senate. As Republicans, we have been silenced for too long. I believe in you. So Americans need to be brave now more than ever. So we can be free. We can make a difference that changes America permanently for the good. Dr. Oz running for the United States Senate from Pennsylvania as a Republican. And it looks like this is catching on in a big way. Dr. Oz, welcome back to Newsmax. You know, I look at that footage. I've been looking at Pennsylvania. You, in many ways, are the outsider candidate. I'm getting the real sense that the Republican establishment, they're uh, they're somewhere else. But you're more with the people. Seriously. Well, Greg, that's always been the dream to 
And those videos you're seeing me, grant, you know, barnstorming across western Pennsylvania. Greensburg was one of those photos up, up, up in Erie, all the way down to Pittsburgh. And enjoying being with people, which is what I love doing on the show. It's what I love doing as a doctor. Uh, and I love being able to get in front of folks and deal with the anxieties and the frustration they have about where we are in America and focus on why we have inflation, because we don't have to, why we're paying people not to work, not wise when you've got a lot of jobs to be filled, and how do we deal with the schools, which are very frustrating to, to parents in particular who don't feel like their values are being reflected to their own children. We have a great opportunity in Pennsylvania because it's a bellwether for the entire country. Every type of population is reflected. We've got people from every different background. I think it's a fabulous experience just to be able to go through the state and see it without running for office, but it's even better if you get to meet with large numbers of people, and there's hundreds of people in each of those events that you're seeing in that video. Can you tell us a little bit, of, like in science, suddenly science, there's one way to view science, and there's one, there's one version of events, but in medicine, there's a second opinion, and second opinions are important, aren't they? Second opinions change the diagnosis or the therapy one third of the time. So it really benefits you to get additional eyes on the issue. In politics, it's the same way. And oftentimes we ignore the desires of, in this case, the primary voters. So lots of people, close to a million in Pennsylvania, who will decide who their representative will be in the general election for the U.S. Senate. And these folks are speaking out. They're, they're voting with their feet. They're coming out in cold, wintry, snowy evenings, joining us at these pop-up events. And again, we've been all over the state doing them. I intend to keep doing them. It shows the energy that the campaign represents. But I also learn. People ask me questions about things that are bothering them. I get to get a, a biopsy, so to speak, of the state. I feel the pulse uh, of what's going on in the Commonwealth. And I understand more of what's happening with the wonderful denizens of Pennsylvania. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Trump campaign in 2016. I only have a few seconds left, but there are overtones here. There are, and there are similarities actually in your backgrounds. There's some similarities. I'm used to being in front of a large audience. I, I fought in, on behalf of my audience at the biggest stage there is, pushing back against big pharma and agrochemical companies and making sure the U.S. government uh, keeps its word. But big tech's probably the biggest enemy of all, and it works. And, you know, people get excited when they hear these messages because someone's actually speaking what they see, which is my plea to everybody who is conservative. Just say what you're seeing. Say what you're seeing. Say what you're seeing. Uh, Dr. Roz, we thank you again. Sorry we don't have as much time as we normally do. The website is DrOz.com. Spell out the doctor. We appreciate it, sir, very much. God bless you, Greg. Take care. Okay, you bet. Uh, we'll be right back. You are on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Tomorrow night, President Trump will be on another show. That's okay. Rob Schmidt at 10 o'clock. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow night. Stinchfield is next. Have a good one. See you soon.